We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, Tyler here. When you're Chinese like me, you don't have a lot to work with, if you know what I mean. Like the game of football, every inch matters. That's why I use the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 to trim my Darren Sproles. It's a great tool to clear up all your AstroTurf. Maybe you can trim it down to look like a field goal post. That way, if Michael Badgley ever tries to kick you, he'll miss every time. Use the code GUILTY at checkout on manscaped.com to receive 20% off your next order. Enjoy the ride. Hey, Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. We're pulling double duty today, uploading this one onto our YouTube channel and as, as you know, an audio podcast format for you guys. Uh, well, we're here, obviously, to discuss the big news from the Chargers today that they have moved on from Anthony Lynn, um, citing in their press release that they want to become more innovative as they have in other areas of their facility. Um, Tyler, Alex, thanks for joining me. How are you guys doing? I'm um, doing pretty good. Uh, it's been 24 hours, and we're back. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll have a couple other emergency podcasts through the coaching search. But uh, yeah, today was today was a big day. Um, I said it was 80-20 that Lynn was fired last night. Uh, just want to point out that I've been right for the last month. No one's going <laughs> to give me credit for it, but okay. Um, you know, some people on Twitter, for example. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it was, uh, pretty expected that Lynn was going to go. It was, you know, obviously I thought it was more interesting just, you know, what the candidates would be. And we got certainly, uh, an eclectic list of people today, yeah. uh, that, that it, some of the names I thought were fun. Some of the names I thought were not so fun. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I think out of the real candidates, uh, I kind of wrote a bolt beat article about this, uh, today as well. 
going through which are the most likely. Um, to me, the three candidates that you go to from day one that seem like they had the most realistic chance at the job are uh, Dable, Eberflus, and Arthur Smith. And I could absolutely see that happening. And they have requested interviews for all three. So that'll be wonderful. Um, today, I'm doing fine. I woke up this morning. I certainly thought Lynn was going to be fired. I was not in the 80-20 like Alex, but of course, Alex is right. And <laughs> please shout him out on Twitter. And, <laughs> you know, I, I almost I almost felt like good to reflect on Anthony Lynn as just a good person. Yeah. I know like him being fired, you know, yeah, I wanted him to be fired. And it, that does suck. But it was nice to see a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of the players, a lot of the media come out and say very nice things about him. So, you know, while it's it's a rough time for him, I'm sure being fired is never fun. The fact that, you know, it just seems like he kept a lot of really good relationships with a lot of different people and touched so many people. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like even on the way out, I could have a lot of respect for my head coach. So that was nice. Um, as far as who they'll replace him with, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, we talked about this last night. Anthony Lynn, you know, he's definitely was obviously was not the right man for the future, but you know, I'll always remember his era, his tenure as the Chargers head coach in a, in a positive manner because, mm-hmm. you know, nobody wanted that job in 2017. And it was just kind of a lose-lose situation. You know, it would have been easy for someone like him to come in and you have the built-in excuse. You don't have a home field advantage. You know, you're dealing with a transition area. You're dealing with an old roster that doesn't have that didn't have a lot of cap space. But he came in and he changed the culture and he did a lot of positive things from a leadership standpoint. You know, I'll always remember the canceled scrimmage from this year that that he did and had such a positive yeah. impact on this team. And, you know, at the end of the day, like half the battle of being a head coach is getting your players to respect you and play hard for you. And he did that. But, you know, it is time to get someone that's more innovative and someone that can, you know, be a master of X's and O's because that's really what this team needs, in my opinion. Um, but I you know, I do feel a little bit bad for him. I just, you know, I hope that he does well in his next stint uh, where he may be. And some people seem to think that he might be uh, a possible head coaching candidate somewhere else. I have my doubts about that, um, but I, I hope he does land on his feet. I think yeah. there are too many different like coordinator candidates or head coach candidates out there for him to find a head coaching job this yeah. year. I wouldn't even expect that would just be very odd for me. The uh, idea was floated around that he could be the Vikings offensive coordinator. I mm-hmm. think that sounds great for him, considering Dalvin Cook had 356 touches. <laughs> that sounds very much like an Anthony Lynn thing. Absolutely. Um, so I guess that's a fit. Like if they're open and they're hiring, that seems to work because Lynn will get the ball to Dalvin Cook. So there goes Justin Jefferson's sophomore season. But um, oh well, you know, wherever he goes, it'll be great. And um, I mean, I'd take him on. I could see, I could honestly see him doing well enough let's say with the vikings to eventually getting a head coaching job again some other time learning from his mistakes perhaps putting together a better set of staff and if i were a team that you know was betting on him getting another job later on the what two third round picks you get for him being you know promoted coach for at a different spot i believe right that's the rule it is yeah Mm. yeah so that might be kind of worth it too yeah i mean i i think Anthony Lynn has a good future, you know, headed for yeah. him. Uh, he'll, I certainly think he'll get an OC job this year. Um, I think the head coaching job is a little tight just because it seems like there's already so many candidates getting interviews. I don't yeah. think he's going to get a head coaching job this year. But um, look, if he became the Vikings OC or somewhere else, uh, I could see it working out really well. Um, I think he was, you know, really 
good OC towards the end of his time in Buffalo. Um, and, you know, he can, especially with Talvin Cook, he can do that kind of establish the run mentality. Helps that Kirk Cousins is his quarterback if you want to do establishing the run, because <laughs> Kirk Cousins is not great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, look, I mean, I think he can wind up with another job, and a lot of people seem to believe he's a professional. Uh, I, I believe that as well. And, you know, we've seen plenty of retread coaches who get a second chance and, you know, it clicks that second time, right? Bill Belichick is one of those people, right? Who who bombed in Cleveland and then, you know, went to New England and then succeeded. Not saying Anthony Lynn's going to be Bill Belichick, but we see plenty of coaches get that retread opportunity um, and it just works for them. So I I hope that's what's in his future. Um, And I thought about this today, just, you know, Justin Herbert is, the big reason why the Chargers coaching job is so enviable as well as uh, Joey Bosa and all the free agents and the cap space and the draft picks. Right. Um, But, you know, one of the other reasons I think that it's enviable is because Anthony Lynn was so professional in this time here. You know, there's another timeline in which the LA transition doesn't go as well as it does, you know, maybe with another coach or another leader. Um, So I think Anthony Lynn was the transition to, this next phase of Chargers football. And I, I think his work in making that transition work uh, was part of the reason this job is going to have, you know, 20 people clamoring for it, uh, you know, in addition to Justin Herbert and all the other stuff. Yeah. You know, it's funny that, you know, Justin Herbert is the reason that it's so attractive, but in a weird way, you know, his development did, you know, force the Chargers hand in firing Anthony Lynn because, you know, I truly believe that their Super Bowl window is is open right now. Yep. And, and we've seen, you know, in the past few years with, with other teams in the NFL that once you get the quarterback that you need on a rookie deal, the fastest way to get a Super Bowl contender is to go for it. So we'll have to see what kind of, you know, potential free agent moves or trades or anything like that would have to come from this. But I truly believe that if they get this head coaching right, that they could be, you know, Super Bowl contenders within the next three or four years. Um, you know, the, the other thing that came out, the Chargers are going to interview at least 10 people. Jim Trotter reported that one. Um, you know, obviously there were some people who were a little upset about that, which I didn't really understand. But, you know, I, I think that everything we're hearing out of the organization points to them being thorough and them, you know, really being all in on this decision. They're not going to just get some Joe Schmo. Uh, it was reported that they only fired Anthony Lane in the first place because they felt like they have a great chance of getting a top-tier coaching candidate. So if they feel like that's Urban Meyer at his $12 million price tag, I think they would pay for that. I don't think that's going to happen because I feel like he's going to Jacksonville, if at all. But if they feel like Jim Harbaugh is the right coach, I hope that doesn't happen, they will pay up for him. If they feel like Brian Dayball is the right coach, they will pay for him. So, you know, that is the hope for all of us right now is that Brian Dayball ultimately becomes the coach. All three of us really like him. Um, I know Alex has a different number one, but, you know, we'll have to see. Um, what do you guys make of them potentially, you know, casting a rather wide net in this situation? I, mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, this is other than Jacksonville, maybe. And Jacksonville's a weird one because if Urban Meyer is like locked there, then Jacksonville's not really having an opening, right? It's just kind of potentially based yeah. on the reporting, just filled by Urban. So that gives the Chargers, you know, their chance to have 10 to 15, you know, coaching candidates line them up and see which one you like the most. Um, because after the Jaguars, I, I do believe the Chargers are the most uh, enviable coaching position. So 
I think it's the great, uh, you know, great, great field, great choice. And I, I do agree that that is probably why Lynn was fired. Um, in addition to the, the Herbert and the pressure to, you know, get a great offense around him. Um, you know, what people were irked by in that Jim Trotter tweet was that <laughs> Jim Trotter said he believes that Dean Spatnos will have a larger role yeah. <laughs> uh, in hiring the coach, which I didn't really have a problem with. I know Chargers fans go on about Dean Spanos all the time, you know, with the move to Los Angeles and, you know, he's cheap and all this. But, um, I mean, owners should be involved in hiring the coach. Absolutely, like, yeah. I mean, you know, not to the extent that like Jerry Jones is, but <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, owners should have a say, you know, if he wants to compete for Los Angeles and make all these moves, you know, I think he that it just makes sense to have him involved. And it, it seems like he clearly feels like this is a moment where he feels like he has to be involved. So uh, I personally have no problem with Dean Spanos being involved. And it makes sense. You know, he was comparing it to 2017 where Dean Spanos had to figure out, you know, what the stadium is, how we're going to make this Los Angeles thing work. Um, so he was probably less involved in hiring Anthony Lynn then and just gave it to, you know, John Spanos and Telesco to figure it out. So yeah, um, personally, I have no problem with either of those details. Uh, cast as wide as the net as you want, get as many candidates as you want and get the guy you think is the best guy. Uh, that's what I've been saying the whole time. Uh, and I think that, just, you know, it just makes the most sense to do that. Um, I have no problem with the owner or Telesco or any of these people being involved, really. Yeah, I don't have much of a problem with that. So long as the candidate they pick to hire is not someone that is just another puppet kind of guy. I believe if they hired Jason Garrett, for example, then we really know <laughs> Dean Spanos might have jumped a little too far. Um, but listen, this might be the coaching decision that gives the Chargers their first Super Bowl win. Yeah. They actually have a shot to do something really, not only just the Super Bowl, but to break into you know LA and open up their stadium. There's so much going on right now and a lot of excitement is, I mean, it sucks that Lynn was fired, but there's so much excitement around this team right now. And they bring in someone like Dable or whoever, there's a lot of candidates I'd be excited for. Yeah. I I would want him to be involved. Um, Yeah. The Dean Spanos thing, everyone, haha, kind of laughs. But you know, I don't know, let them take as much time as they need and interview as many candidates as they have to. If it's 10 to 12, that's fine. So far, they've got six lined up, and I like five of them. And if they have to go through, we all know who the sixth one is. But if you know, if you got to go through a few more guys, that's fine. They haven't even discussed the law yet. They haven't discussed Meyer yet, or you know, whatever college coaches they might be looking at. It seems like they're looking at NFL coaches right now, though. I don't think any any other college guys have been announced. So, you know, let them take their time because I wouldn't let my best friend borrow my car let alone, you know, Dean Spanos letting just anyone pick the head coach of their billion dollar franchise. Like, yes, you want to have a little bit of a say. And it didn't seem like that Dean Spanos was going to be the guy picking. It wasn't like a Shad Khan situation like this morning where he says that, you know, I'm going to have all the final say with the Jaguars and I'm going to make the decisions. And if you're coming (laughs) in here, I'm still going to be the guy. Like, it didn't seem like that. It just seemed like a guy who owns a billion dollar business. Absolutely. Who should be allowed to have some sort of say, not maybe not final say, but a certain amount of say in this coaching decision. So it's an, it's an important one. The chargers within a few years could actually win a super bowl. And so this is maybe the most important, important coaching hire since I don't know when. Um, so, I mean, I know that I understand that the coaching hire to get to LA to StubHub was important, but it's like, eh, eh, 
You know, what yeah. kind of team was that? The transition's going to be weird. This is it. They're all in. They are in LA. They're in their new stadium and they have their, their amazing quarterback. It's time. So if you need to take, <laughs> take all the time you want, you know, be an owner that has to look at all of this. If you have to, whatever, um, I, I'm, the way they're doing it so far is fine by me. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. You know, this is the time to go for it. And, you know, I feel like the Spanos family has been, you know, they've shown a, a good sense of urgency over the last few years. You know, mm-hmm. I know that people still think of them as this cheap family and, and Dean is this cheap owner. But, I mean, Joey Bosa is the highest paid defensive player in the league. And Keenan Allen is a top five receiver in terms of salary. And, mm-hmm. you know, Austin Eckler has a high salary and all this stuff. So, I think that they're going for it. I think that they know that this coaching decision is the most important decision of their franchise probably ever, like Tyler was saying. So um, in terms of when we might see this coaching hire happen, I would expect it takes at least two weeks. Um, you know, they have to mm-hmm. get the interviews done, first of all. Like this right. is the six names that we've heard. They've just requested to interview them. They have not done any interviews yet. Um, the Falcons just barely did their first two, for example. So there's this really weird rule that the NFL has where any coach that is coaching this weekend cannot interview this week. But as soon as that game is over, they are fair game for interviews. So, you know, Brian Dable, for example, cannot interview with anyone this week. But as soon as that game is over, he can interview with whoever he wants, even though they're playing, probably playing next week. So, um, you know, I think it's going to take two weeks at minimum. Um, I don't know if either of you guys think differently, but that's just kind of what I feel like the timetable is. No, I, I think it'll take about two weeks. Um, I could see it before divisional round Sunday, maybe a little bit yeah. after that, um, maybe leading into conference championship week. Um, so I, I think it'll be decided around then because that's when you'll have you know all, all of the playoff coaches and playoff coordinators really get their chance. Uh, obviously, you know, they're interviewing a couple of them, uh, Arthur Smith, uh, Brandon Staley, uh, Brian Dable. So there's quite a few guys that, you know, fall under that uh, umbrella of coaches that are coaching this weekend. And, you know, they'll hope to get to them uh, next week. So uh, I, I guess they can interview Jason Garrett this week uh, and, and, and wrap that one up because, you know, he, he's not doing much of anything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I think they'll realistically get all these interviews done probably within two weeks um, and then decide on a hire. Um, and I'm sure these six guys won't be the only guys. I'm sure it'll yeah. be kind of a steady role tomorrow. Um, and these are just kind of the requested interviews. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and we'll know about those pretty publicly. But I'll be curious to see the guys who are kind of behind the scenes. You know, we've heard rumors of. Meyer, Harbaugh, um, potentially doing some backroom dealings and all that. Um, so, you know, they don't have to really request to interview those guys. They would just interview them. So uh, there's plenty of other guys like that, too, at the college level. Uh, so I'll, I'll be curious to see kind of who are the other, let's say, six or seven candidates that they interview in addition to this uh, group they've assembled. Yeah, I'd love to see who else they have on deck because, you know, there are no college coaches here uh, for the six that are listed. Um, is it a Meyer kind of guy? Is it a Harbaugh guy? Like you said, I don't know. How long would it take for them to, you know, negotiate that and talk about that and court those guys? Um, I can't imagine that is too hidden for too long. At some point, you're going to know that Harbaugh, you know, talking to L.A. or, or Meyer's talking to L.A. Absolutely, yeah. 
Um, but however long it takes, however long it takes. If it takes, you know, two weeks, two days, or not two days, you won't get day ball. But however long it takes is however long it takes. And we're not doing anything anyway. So who cares? Yeah. So, uh, you know, for those who have not been paying attention or are just listening for the first time, they have requested interviews for six candidates. Uh, Tennessee offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, Indianapolis defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, Giants offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. I can't even say it with a straight face, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady and Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable. So I'm sure that list will grow. You know, like Alex mentioned, it will probably that list will probably grow up to like 20 people. Um, and then, you know, some teams will say, no, we don't want you to interview so-and-so or, you know, maybe that person is happy where they are. So I'm sure the requested interview list will grow rather large. Um, but I think the one the wild card here for me is Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, mm-hmm. um, who, frankly, he's he's really come out of nowhere. And uh, I saw an article about a month ago. Uh, that the league was viewing him as like the defense of Sean McVay, which, you know, makes sense considering that he is working with Sean McVay. Um, but he is a Vic Vangio disciple, if you will. So he coached with Vic in Chicago and with Denver last year. He's in his first season as defensive coordinator for the Rams and in general. So I think that would be really interesting. You know, he he's considered a very detail-oriented coach for the Rams, and obviously he's done wonders for them. I mean, I know they have Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey, but the rest of their defensive supporting cast is hardly, you know, death row. So he's making it work. They're the number one defense in the league. Um, that to me is like the wild card of the six outside of just kind of the the joke of Jason Garrett. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Brandon Staley uh, is an interesting candidate where Wade Phillips had that defense a year ago was not in a good place, which is, you know, he ultimately got the boot, uh, just kind of was resistant to change things. But, you know, the Rams have kind of uh, assembled a really great uh, defense. Uh, and I think that Brand Staley has taken good advantage uh, of the yeah. tools he's had. Um, so, I like, honestly, he's 38. Um, I don't know if I see him getting a coaching job this cycle, but he might be one of those guys that's kind of uh, a year away, right? And I, I kind of view Joe Brady in the same way. Um, who, you know, the Chargers are going to kick the tires on that and, you know, see what they like, what they don't like. But I don't see the Chargers going for like a McVay type this time. Um, They could. Uh, It wouldn't shock me if they went with Brady or uh, if they went with Staley. But for some reason, I just see them going with someone uh, who's older, a little bit more experienced, has a couple more seasons uh, under their belt. Um, so, and I don't see them going with Jason Garrett, um, either. So I would really like to see what Staley could do. Um, but I just, I also don't see them, you know, hiring someone who's defensively kind of oriented, although I would love to see it if they did. Um, I've been in support of hiring someone who's, uh, kind of defensively oriented, like a Jack Del Rio type or, uh, someone who's just really, you know, just grounded, uh, in defense as a whole, you know, even though you have Justin Herbert, I don't think that that means that a defensive coordinator uh, coach can't work. Uh, so that was ultimately kind of my take on it. So um, if they wanted to go with Brandon Staley, uh, I would be fine with it. Uh, Joe Brady, I'm a little bit more skeptical of this year, uh, but ultimately uh, I would be fine with either of those two coaching hires, even though they're sort of the 
wild cards in terms of age. Um, and also, speaking of Jack Del Rio, he opened up at plus 1,200 odds today. He has the same, <laughs> same odds as Jim Harbaugh. I can't yeah. believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Staley, I, this name definitely came out of nowhere for me. Yeah, I certainly didn't really think did. that this would... I, I could see it making sense, but I, it's not really a name that I would have considered before. You know, he's a former like outside linebackers coach for the, the Broncos and Bears, which I didn't know you had a specific outside linebackers coach versus just a linebackers coach. But anywho, this year they played the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, the Washington football team, the Niners twice, Chicago, Miami, New England, and the Jets. I would like to see him <laughs> be a better, have a better defense for a couple of years or three yeah. years. Yeah. Going through that gauntlet of 10 teams – isn't really all that much to me. And the other guys they faced are guys in the division where, you know, you kind of throw everything out and you're very familiar with those opponents and you can maybe just have, be better against like the Seahawks or the Cardinals. Yeah. So, you know, good job for one year. Absolutely. You can't take that away from him. I just think that's a little bit too early. Um, same thing for Brady. Whereas a guy like, you know, Dable, even a guy like Tube, guys who would be first time coaches or head coaches, they at least have a lot of years under their belt and have shown consistently for many years I mean, Dave only three years, but still that's, that's more than one. So for, you know, Staley, Brady, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate them. I wouldn't hate those ideas. It's just a bit more of a gamble when they're so young and so inexperienced. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, defensive success is so hard in this league to sustain. And so Mm -hmm. I think him, you know, doing this again next season, I think that would play, that would pay dividends for him individually. So I just think, you know, if the goal here is to innovate and to really bring in a guy that could take Justin Herbert and everybody around him to the next level, I think you almost have to go for an offensive coach. The one exception for me is Robert Salah because he is going to bring the Kyle Shanahan system with him. You know, he's bringing Mike McDaniel or Mike LaFleur with him as the, his as his offensive coordinator. Excuse me. Um, so I think that really is is my one exception in terms of defensive head coaches. Matt Eberflus. He's a fantastic defensive coordinator and he's had, you know, very palpable proof and evidence of developing players. And what he's done for Xavier Rhodes this season, for example, Mm -hmm. is a shining star on his resume. And, you know, the idea that he could come in and resurrect the career of Chris Harris or Casey Hayward or both, like that is definitely very possible. But, you know, then you're diving into who, who is he bringing with him as offensive coordinator? Are they really going to have an innovative offense with a defensive head coach? Like that's just kind of the mm-hmm. doubt that I have in terms of hiring a defensive minded head coach, because even though Anthony Lynn wasn't defensive minded, he basically was like with how conservative he was. <laughs> um, so yeah. I just don't want a conservative head, head coach. And thankfully it seems like the chargers don't either. Uh, I mean, speaking of <laughs> defensive coordinator interviews, we want to talk about Gus Bradley uh, in <laughs> for the Raiders job. I mean, oh, man. Oof, what a disaster <laughs> that's going to be. I you see the thing is, I actually like Gus Bradley, but I'm like, yeah, why? Why is he interviewing for the Raiders job? <laughs> no, <laughs> it just I, seems I think so... that Gus Bradley has been I don't want to say underrated, but I mean, look at all the injuries that they had this year and right. the defense was mostly fine, but. You know, he his scheme relies on, you know, talent and the Raiders have none on defense. <laughs> yeah, I was just so, so confused um, as to why they would really want him. 
I was just confused in general as to what the Raiders are doing on defense as a whole. Like that just seems like such a mess on their team right now. Um, but they're still going to try to build it out. Um, as far as going back to the main coaching candidates, uh, I, I think Eberflus is interesting because I think he, if he wants to, could bring over Marcus Brady, who's the Colts QB coach. Uh, so it would surprise me if you brought him over as an offensive coordinator type. Um, and then, you know, you have Brian Babel, who can, you know, bring guys from uh, Alabama or, you know, some of the other places he's been from Buffalo. Uh, he could, you know, you also have Arthur Smith, who can bring people from places. So uh, I really think they'll have guys that are able to set up pretty good staffs uh, no matter what. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, from day one, the real coaching candidates that I viewed from it were Arthur Smith, Dable, and uh, Eberflus. I, I, I think that Brady could have a chance, but it would require, you know, kind of a lot of trust in such a young guy. And for every Sean McVay, there is a Josh McDaniels or someone who was yeah. way in over their head, yeah. uh, you know, when they took over a head coaching job at a young age. So I think those three are the guys from day one. We'll see who we get on day two. Um, but yeah, I, I really like all of those coaches uh, out of those. I think Smith is my preferred favorite with Dable a close second. No, it's a good call. As far as the coaching staff under whoever the head coach is, is going to be, it seems like the Chargers are placing a greater emphasis this time around on who those coaches are. And if you're a head coaching candidate, you need to bring to the table a good you know, trio, I guess, of guys that you're going to have working underneath you. Yeah. Um, I guess you know, they're one of the things that they were not so happy about with Anthony Lynn was his loyalty to coaches. I would assume that specifically means George Stewart. <laughs> um, it wasn't wasn't Hunt. But, you know, I, yeah. I'm imagining it was basically just George Stewart. So, yeah. you know, whoever you bring with you, whoever they bring with them, um, that's that's really important. If, you know, if I don't. OK, if Dable doesn't hire the best defensive coordinator, perhaps I'm not as bummed as if Salah doesn't hire the right offensive coordinator. If if Dable comes in and he's, he's just Brian Dable and he brings over a good offensive staff and the defensive coordinator just kind of OK, or maybe they just promote Milas. You know, I wouldn't, I don't know if my list is coming back. I have no idea. Anyway, um, whoever they hire, I guess, is important. Um, but I think it's more important for the defensive head coach to get the offensive coordinator right than the offensive co head coach to get the defensive coordinator right. Um, but we'll see. As far as Eberflus goes, um, cool. I like to do it. Like, that's fine. You know, he's a little bit more experienced than the other guys. He has three years. You know, former yeah. linebackers coach. Obviously, he worked really well with Darius Leonard and for Ky- or not Kyler Murray, excuse me, Kenneth Murray to come out and have such a good year or a solid year, all things considered. Um, and for guys like Kaiser White, Drew Tranquil coming back, who knows if Perriman and, and Vigil are coming back. So if he can come, you know, back and put something into this defense and work with those linebackers specifically, well, I think you have something. But I would be interested in hearing what kind of staff he put together and what his um, what his plan, I guess, would be. Whoever they hire, by the way, I would love to hear their answer on what they're going to try to do to keep players on the field. For whatever reason, that has just always plagued the Chargers. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know if you can, as a head coach, just come up with an idea. I don't know how you know creative these guys are or what worked for them. Um, but the guys in the postseason right now are the guys that are healthy. And you know, I would, I would be really interested to hear what they have to say about how they're going to keep the Chargers on the field, um, because. That's it's it's been it's been rough for the Chargers and Chargers fans so far. It really has, and I think that's a good point. And 
I think obviously they should ask them like what they're going to do to compete with the Chiefs because obviously sure. that's you know priority number one. Um, in terms of Arthur Smith, I, I always get the same comment of like, well, he has Derrick Henry. And it's like, well, listen here, guy. Uh, Derrick Henry was sharing time his first two seasons in the league. You know, he had DeMarco Murray and he had Deion Lewis and he was sharing time. He wasn't overly efficient and he just scored a lot of touchdowns. He was very similar to Melvin Gordon. And so, mm. yes, he has Derrick Henry, but he deserves credit for developing Derrick Henry as well as resurrecting Ryan Tannehill's career, in my opinion. they Yes, they run the ball. Yes, they have a 2,000-yard rusher, but they're one of the most efficient passing offenses in the league. Their red zone efficiency is outstanding. Really, the, the Titans' biggest, you know, concern right now is defense they don't have a pass rush they don't have a secondary they don't have linebackers their defense sucks so their offense has to score 38 points a week to to keep Mm -hmm. up with other teams and so to me that shows that arthur smith is able to a develop quarterbacks which is the most important thing right now for this head coaching position yep and b he knows how to utilize his players and and scheme up ways to you know uh help them over the top and you know you look at what he's done with aj brown and Corey davis who everyone thought Corey davis was a bust he mm-hmm. almost had a thousand yards this season. So I love Brian Dayball mostly because of his history with quarterbacks. You know, the sure. history on Arthur Smith is a little smaller. He's only been a, a coach in the league for like eight years, I think. Um, and obviously only three is offensive coordinator. So, but if they hired Arthur Smith, I would be thrilled with that hire as well. I think he's a fantastic coach and I think he is very deserving as well. Breaking news. Uh, so the Chargers have requested uh, an interview with Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy per Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. So that is go. the seventh head coaching candidate. There we go. Makes sense. I, yeah. I mean, make, totally. I mean, we. I have my personal doubts about him. Personally, you know, I, I I feel like he's just in a perfect situation right now with the Chiefs, and even yeah. if he does call the plays the entire time. You know, he's got Andy Reid. He's got the best quarterback. He's got the best tight end. He's got the arguably the best receiver. So um, I understand why he's the hot name right now, uh, but I just have my doubts is all I'm going to say about him. No, nope, same. If he were a guy, you know, Dable is clear. You know, Sean McDermott's a defensive minded head coach. So you know that Dable's running that offense. The fact that I just can't quite tell what the enemy is doing has me a little bit hesitant. As far as his pass goes, I'm not really going to consider that too much. The Spinus family might. At this point, I'm not. That's not really doing much for me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely skeptical of, of the enemy right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the enemy could be a good coach in the NFL. It's just you know, this is he's been interviewed for a couple of years now um, as a head mm-hmm. coach, and the main question every time has kind of been, yeah, <laughs> the office space. You know, what exactly do you do here? Um, and he's had a tough time answering that question in interviews. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'll be, I'll be curious to see how he attacks that question interviews this time, uh, and how he kind of differentiates himself from, from Andy Reid, from Patrick, you know, having Patrick Mahomes, uh, and, and what he can do with the team. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, I certainly get why a lot of the fans like him. Uh, he's not my top coaching candidate, but if they were, if they wanted to hire him, uh, I would have my doubts, but I'd be on board with it based on his uh, track record i think it's kind of hard to deny but you know it's also just what exactly is he responsible for but um it's definitely a big name and you know <laughs> you know the list continues growing with a lot of offensive minded head coaches uh so i'm not too surprised to see his name on the list 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just have my doubts, you know, if they hired him, I would be very happy. I think he's he's well-deserving sure. to get that kind of chance. I just have my personal doubts. So let's talk about, you know, briefly, because we did want to do this rather quickly, um, the college coaches. I think, you know, obviously everybody knows about Jim Harbaugh. Everybody knows about Urban Meyer. Um, Matt Campbell and Pat Fitzgerald were also high on the odds uh, to get there. Pat Fitzgerald, of course, being the Northwestern head coach and Matt Campbell being the Iowa State head coach. I think for me, I would prefer Matt Campbell of those two. Um, they're both seeking NFL opportunities, apparently. Um, so I think those are interesting names to keep an eye on. And then my dark horse college coach uh, in terms of NFL head coaching candidate is Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott. I think he's done a, a really fantastic job down there in Clemson, innovating that offense. And obviously, you know, they've had an amazing stretch of quarterback play from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I think that would be a very interesting hire. I think he's well-deserving of, of an interview, um, but he might be more of an offensive coordinator target, which I would totally understand. And I would be definitely in favor of that for the Chargers for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Pat Fitzgerald is a guy that's going to get a lot of looks. I don't know if it'll be from the Chargers, but what he does at Northwestern every year with you know significantly less talent uh, than a lot of Big Ten teams. I mean, he was in the... Uh, Big Ten championship with Ohio State playing really well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if it isn't for a 300-yard day from Trey Sermon, um, you know, they may have a chance to realistically win that game. But, you know, obviously Ohio State is just so much better than Northwestern from a talent standpoint. So just being able to stay in that game is really impressive, I think. And we just saw that they beat uh, Auburn pretty convincingly as well, uh, which is an SEC program. So, I think Pat Fitzgerald has done wonders at Northwestern. Um, as far as his actual coaching style, I, I'd be curious to see if he's kind of more offensive or defensive minded in the pros. Um, you know, at, at Northwestern, it was more about kind of grittiness and execution as opposed to having like a certain direction that he leans. Uh, so I'll, I'll be curious to see, you know, what he, what kind of happens there and what he pitches to teams in these meetings. Um, Matt Campbell is definitely kind of an offensive-minded head coach, obviously from yeah. the Big 12. Uh, and so that would be kind of the direction he wants to go. Um, I think his stock might have dipped down, you know, the last couple of weeks of the Big 12 season. But ultimately, I, I think he's going to be a guy that's there just because of how far he's brought Iowa State. Um, you know, th those are the college coaches that I tend to like. I know a lot of people focus on the Urban Myers and the Jim Harbaugh's. Um, but to me... The coaches that I really like are those coaches who prove that, you know, they can have some growth at the next level. You know, they carried this team or they built this program. Right. Um, and that's yeah. the case for Matt, Matt rule last year. And I think if you're looking for the Matt rule of this year, uh, the guy who's going to make that jump, it looks like it could be someone like Matt Campbell or uh, Pat Fitzgerald. I great points. I will certainly not turn up my nose at any college candidates but I got straight A's this semester because I watched a zero college football games this season. <laughs> so, you know, whatever you guys say, I'm all for it. Um, go USC. Hey, well, congrats <laughs> on your straight A's, man. And Thank um, you. <laughs> um, I will say about Matt Campbell. So Iowa State, it's and Northwestern really, but, you know, Iowa State is, has been basically a, a bottom feeder in any conference. And so Matt Campbell had... Just had his second nine-win season. 
Iowa State in their 100 and something year history has four. So Matt Campbell in four years has accomplished a ton of ton of good things at Iowa State. And I think he's well deserving. And, you know, Alex mentioned the college jump. I think, you know, the path has kind of been laid out for NFL teams. If they're a rebuilding team, like tear it down to the shreds and you need that guy. That's kind of where college coaches fit in. You know, and so I could see, you know, if Urban Meyer doesn't work out on Jacksonville, I could see the Jaguars going after Matt Campbell or Pat Fitzgerald. I think the Jets kind of very similarly, like if you're going to need a guy to tear it down and build it up from the from basically nothing. I think that's where you want to find Matt Campbell and Pat Fitzgerald. But I would still be I would be very happy if either one of them got interviews for the Chargers. Um, Definitely would just be a little skeptical of, of like Alex said, like what kind of style are they bringing to the NFL? Yeah, um, you know, just what what style they're bringing to the NFL, um, you know, like sort of what they're pitching in terms of manage, uh, management and, you know, personnel. Uh, I, I'd be very curious to see kind of what they would propose there. Obviously, you know, they're not going to have control of anything, uh, I don't think, in the way that Urban Meyer wants. But, you know, what would they kind of like as their, you know, 2021 team and, and what do they value? I think that'll be interesting. Um, especially as free agency plays out and you maybe have kind of a coordinated effort between, you know, whoever the head coach is and uh, Telesco and Spanos as well. Right. So um, it, it would sort of be collaborative. Right. Um, so, you yeah, know, I, I think those college coaches uh, are sort of the ones, you know, that maybe have a chance at the job. Um, I tend to think they'll go with one of the pro coaches though, like Arthur Smith or uh, Brian Dable. So, you know, but the college coaches are interesting. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll see a lot more about Jim Harbaugh, who still is refusing to sign his six-year <laughs> Michigan extension. Come on, uh, man. Sign is, that deal already. <laughs> it's, it's so weird because, I mean, I guess I guess the worry is like in one, two years, they'll fire him and then give him a big buyout. But it's just like, take the big buyout then. Like, yeah. I, I don't, yeah, and that's so weird that he's not signing that. Um but yeah, it seems like he, you know that's in place. Um, the the urban one is interesting to me from the standpoint of what if you know it doesn't work out with the Jaguars? He didn't appear on the Chargers uh, odds list, just you know. But I think that's because he's such a Jaguar certainty. So yeah. I'll be curious whenever he meets with Shad Khan and uh, the Jaguars kind of brass, you know, what that meeting is like and. Uh, if he, he is in on the Jacksonville job or if he's out on it, um, that I think is a very telling moment for people that want urban to the chargers. Um, if you want that, then I think that that real meeting between Jacksonville, uh, and Meyer will determine quite a lot. Uh, if he wants to, you know, kind of stay in the NFL, but pursue another job or wants to go back to college, or if he takes the Jacksonville job, uh, a lot of possibilities with him there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, any other thoughts on, on the coaching moves today? Um, been a crazy day. Todd and I were talking about this before, you know, it's just kind of, it's exciting. It really is. And there's a lot of good things to come from this. And uh, you know, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks to see who gets interviews and, and how this list uh, compiles up, but any other thoughts on today's news guys? I'm just excited. And, you know, I spend a lot of my Manscaped ad money on <laughs> Charger season tickets, and I'd hope that goes to good use this season um, because, you know, it's not cheap. And if I had to watch another season of Anthony Lynn, 
Yeah. I just, you know, another eight and eight, nine and seven kind of team, like, eh, whatever. But it can be so exciting heading into this, into the season. I can't wait for you guys to see that stadium. We're all going to be there together at some point, you know, and for, you know, maybe the three of us or whoever, you know, just to go have a beer and watch Justin Herbert and Brian Dable take on the Chiefs, you know, opening home opener. Yes. Like, um, it, just, it just won't get any better though. It's going to be, it'll be something special for sure. And, I, and I'm just really, really excited. Um, I, I really can't wait. So however long this takes, you know, I'll just kind of chill, simmer, you know, whatever. And then when the hiring happens, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And man, next year's home schedule is going to be so mm-hmm. much fun. You know, they got the Steelers, Cowboys, Browns, uh, and I can't remember the other ones. Those are kind of the first ones, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Alex, any other thoughts on the coaching news today? Um, I think my closing thought, we, we've referenced it throughout the show, but we haven't really talked about um, Jason Garrett. And I, I <laughs> want to say, so, yes, as someone okay. who's watched the NFC East for all of my life, I've watched Jason Garrett coach for about 10 years, 11 if you count this one. Um, And he's really bad. (laughs) I I don't, he, you know, people call Anthony Lynn conservative. Jason Garrett is that to the nth degree, right? He's the clapper. The clapper. Um, And like, I don't even understand why he got an interview like I would understand it if like the giants took some leap on offense or something, but like Mm -hmm. they didn't, you know, like the giants are 31st in offense. Like they're worse, you know, than they were last year. Um, It's just weird for me to see him on that list. I can speculate and say like, maybe that's just the chargers doing him a favor to get him back into coaching uh, discussions or something. But just, um, you know, I, and I'm sure there will be other names that are ones we don't expect. Uh, but, you know, like Brandon Staley actually was, too. Uh, yeah. But Garrett, Garrett just came out of nowhere. Like, what the fuck? If you hire <laughs> if you hire Jason Garrett, I will I will burn Twitter to the ground. OK, just stay the fuck away from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Brandon Staley at least was getting some significant head coaching buzz. You know, there's been nothing about jason garrett there was not a peep about any kind of team (laughs) potentially interviewing him so it was just it caught everybody off guard and you know we have to remember and i have to do this too you know these are just requests for interviews like you know yeah this is just you know the the baby step of the process and so uh you know definitely got to take a deep breath sometimes but you know we'll see and we'll obviously continue to keep you guys well informed of these decisions and, you know, we can't wait for the next couple of weeks. Can't wait to see who they choose. And, uh, you know, just got to buckle up and relax and, and hope they pick the right guy. And, and, you know, we'll have to see how it goes from here. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. Take care, see guys. Bye bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.